With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? It's the Love, the Jam, the podcast coming to you as always with Rob. How you doing, Rob? I am doing phenomenal. I am doing well. <laughs> I'm doing better than well. For the first oh time maybe God. ever on the podcast, I'm doing better than well. <laughs> I am doing I am doing very, very well. I'm doing good. That's how good that's how well I'm doing. That is that was I can't believe that game. I was going crazy. I I didn't think that they would win from like for so long. I was texting you even, you were at the game just yeah. saying Hey, what great fight from our kids. You know, it's worth making the playoffs just to make this little comeback, just cut to the single digits. That would be an accomplishment. And they fucking won, man. 135 to 131, outscored the Warriors 72 to 37 mm-hmm. down the stretch. 44 point third quarter, 41 point fourth quarter, just scoring like it was nobody's business. And the Warriors. We're up by 31 in this game and lost to your Los Angeles Clippers. Danilo Gallinari had a great little uh, comeback game. Some really good um, gritty moves down low. Took some good contact. 24 points, 6 assists, 4 boards. Lou Williams with 36 and 11. Uh, Montrez Montrez Harrell, 25 points, 10 boards, 7 of 9 from the free throw line. Perfect free throws to close the game. Landry Shamit. Ah! (laughs) So good. Guarded Steph Curry. Really well, yeah. The Curry stopper. (laughs) The Curry stops here. Reddick was the Harden stopper, so now Landry Shamit is the Curry stopper. Man. What if Landry Shamit is also the Harden stopper? What if Landry Shamit is a defensive player of the year? He was so, he was so good. And, like, when you think about it, it makes some sense, but you don't think about it because it's Stephen Curry. Well, the thing is, I mean, we're going way off on a random tangent here, but I thought – Get ready for some random tangents in this episode, yeah. everyone. I, was, I thought he'd be really good at playing off-ball. We've already seen him playing well mm-hmm. off-ball. So far this season. Shout out to Sabrina. That type of player. That's how he plays. So it makes sense that he'd be good at countering that. And he's also really quick. Uh, but I was surprised at how good his on-ball defense was, though. The Warriors didn't exactly go to Steph that much one-on-one or just in simple pick and roll down the stretch. Their offense just kind of lapsed. I mean, the Clippers defense obviously had a lot to do with it. But uh, they didn't really test Shamit that much in, like, one-on-one. I thought Curry would just ISO on him sometimes. And he really – I can't really remember that he did it all. But still, I mean, his defense was incredible. He chased Steph around everywhere. He completely top-locked him, uh, just did not let him get free very much. And they the, Warrior, the Warriors – the Clippers also switched perfectly whenever Shamit was screened off. Uh, like, the very last possession when Steph had a chance to win – uh, Montrez Harrell got switched out on him, played really good defense. Steph actually traveled, by the way. It was announced today in the officials' report that he traveled anyway on that last possession. Obviously, they didn't call it. 
There um, were a few travels that were missed from the Warriors yeah. in the, the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah but yeah, incredible defense from Landry Shamit. I, you know, compared to that first couple of games when he came to the Clippers and his defense was just god awful, to now when his defense was legitimately really good on perhaps the best offensive player in the NBA. It's just insane. I do think against certain players, I, I don't think he'd be good on Harden at all because Harden would just bully him physically. But he played great on Steph. It was just an insane game from Landry Shamit. Um, made good passes. I mean, obviously he hit the biggest shot of the game. But him and Shea are just so good. They each played 32 minutes in uh, an insane comeback game against the Warriors in Oracle. Getting that from two rookies is, is bananas. I I just don't even know. And let's not pretend like Landry Shamit has evolved so much as a defender. He still sucked like five games ago. He wasn't yeah, like particularly good. Just a good matchup for him. Yeah, yeah. this is just a good. This is just a good look. And um, yeah, I mean, there's so much to talk about. Um, just fantastic. We both thought the Clippers would get swept pretty brutally. Um, shout out to one of our. One of our posters on Clips Nation, Drew's Life 1022, who asked for an apology from us. <laughs> we apologize. We both absolutely thought the Clippers would lose this series in demanding fashion, 4-0, and they will not. You know, there's even talk of the Clippers winning another game, if that's if that's somehow possible. I don't think. I still don't think so. I still can't believe they won this game, but maybe they could. Could the Clippers take this series to six? I think it's now possible after, I mean, anything is possible. If Anything is possible! If, I want to Photoshop Pat Beverly's head on top of Kevin Garnett's head. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, I think Kevin Garnett would appreciate that. Yeah, I think but he would. If they win a game at home, he might legit scream that. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know. I think they, they might be able to win at home. I think enough of what they've done is sustainable to make me think that they could win a game at home. I'm still not picking them to win the series. Like, <laughs> Can you imagine getting to the point where you would pick them to win the series? I still can't even imagine that. What would you I, do if the Los Angeles Clippers beat the Golden State Warriors in this series? <laughs> uh, I legitimately do not know. I, I was... Te- I was texting my friend group yesterday as we were coming back that I would retire if we went if we came back and won the game. Retire from podcasting. From <laughs> no, that, I would retire from basketball. I asked one of my buddies if he would if we would handle the rope and bring my jersey to the rafters, and he he agreed. And like I'm retired, pretty much. I don't know. I'm coming out of retirement for this podcast. I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah, it was it was insane. You were um, at the game. Yeah, I was at the game and just. The highs and the lows, like it was Oracle was so loud for most of that game when they were up big in the second and third quarters. I mean, the place was going crazy every time they got a stop on the Clippers, forced a turnover, whatever, and then scored the other way. They went nuts and it was so loud. And then even down the stretch when the Clippers were making a push, the defense chance, they were booing Pat Beverly, which I think is a stupid move because Pat Beverly just loves that. Uh, and at the end, it was dead silent. It was like a, a tomb. It was just, people were just slowly walking out, just stunned. And the contrast was insane. I, I'm not sure I've seen or heard anything like it. Um, yeah. I, I was going crazy. I legitimately thought I was having a heart attack. <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. Quarter. 
Like I was losing the feeling in my fingers. Oh my gosh. Uh, Tomer Azarli of, of clutch points was sitting next to me and he said he couldn't breathe. Like I thought I was having a heart attack. It was, it was crazy. Even with like five minutes to go when they cut the lead, even to single digits, I still was not sure they were going to win. I thought they could, but the Warriors were in the penalty. The Clippers were in foul trouble. And I just thought the Warriors would be able to pull it out. And then the Clippers just kept making shots and the Warriors kept not making shots. But every time it looked like the, the Clippers were going to do it, the Warriors would come back. That Steph three with just under a minute to go. I thought that was possibly the dagger. But yeah. Lou came right back <laughs> Man. and hit another shot. And we just need to talk about Lou Williams. Like I, I'm, Lou, I'm, Williams, so. Lou Williams finally had the definitive Lou Williams playoff game where he just took over and said, fuck everyone. 36 yeah. and 11. Just was awesome. What did he have? 17 in the third and maybe yeah. was a 12 in the fourth? He yeah. was so he was so good. Man, 29 points in the second half. Was fantastic. Shot for shot. Ton of assists to Trez, to everybody. Just to Trez mostly. But he was he was he was fantastic. And you you mentioned it. Had just shot after shot after shot in that fourth quarter to keep the uh, keep the Clippers afloat. And that last play, I think, I think that last play could get a pod on its own. Um, yeah, absolutely. The short, the, the short roll from Shea, uh, the, getting the pass from Lou, having the wherewithal to make the little mini drive when he was wide open from mid-range, and then get, catching Shamit open in that angle three. Yep. Bing, bingo. It was so good. And, yeah, I honestly didn't think the Clippers would win until Trez – until I thought – I didn't think the Clippers could win until Trez hit that last free throw. And I was like, wow, they could actually win this game. That Clay Thompson three and the Steph Curry three, actually, to close the game, they were both right Pretty on close. line. Yeah. yeah so close. Really close. The Clay was in and out, and Steph was just a little to the left. And the Clippers won this game. Yeah, it was, it was bananas. I mean, Trez with the free throws came up huge. Wow. Um, absolutely smooth. I think one of them, I don't think even touched net. The first one, yep. And, yeah, it was just super clutch from him. I completely agree with you. I think that play, the shame at three play, is everything that makes this team special. Absolutely everything. Everything. Um, You have Lou being so dangerous, the Warriors tried to double him. And being so unprepared to double him that they screwed it up. And Shea was open on the short roll. And Shea didn't force anything. He didn't take the three. He had an open three. He didn't force it. He didn't, when he dribbled in, he didn't stop to take, you know, a tough pull-up mid-range jumper or go all the way to the rim to challenge uh, Draymond or, or the Warriors defenders there. Just went in just far enough to draw the defense and then kicked out to Shamit. So few players in the NBA could have made that play. Uh, the fact that he did as a rookie is bananas. And Landry just draining it, incredible. And the trust that Lou showed in Shea, and in, I mean, just in the rest of the team, but just in Shea, Right. Pretty incredible considering he had 36 points and he was 12 of 18 in the second half. Yeah. He was on fire and he gave the ball up because it was the right play to make. And they were down. And they were down. And Doc Doc played him. When Pat Beverly fouled out and J. Michael Green had already fouled out, Doc and the coaching staff looked up and down their bench. They could have put in Garrett Temple. They could have even put in Wilson Chandler, theoretically. Oh, my God. went with Shea. (laughs) Now, 
Well, thank God. But <laughs> right, could you imagine if they went with Chandler and lost this game? I would have, I would have passed out. I would have retired <laughs> from life. Probably it would have been bad. Yeah, uh, uh, but I mean, they went with Shea and they rolled with Shea and Shannon. They each played, you know, around thirty-two-ish minutes, which is nuts. And it was the right move, and it helped them win the game. So, just the trust and the faith in every guy on the roster, whether misplaced, we think in terms of a couple guys or not is incredible. It and goes with it, it goes without saying that Beverly was fantastic. Just his energy, he hit some big shots. An insane person. In the just an insane person. In fact, like it was it's insane even those big shots that he hit, that uh Lou hit and that Shamit hit. The best part of it was Beverly. Beverly's reaction off the bench and just yep. hitting into everybody's faces when he like embraced Trez at the end of the game was so great and you could hear him talking to him. And I think somebody that kind of deserves their kudos who might, might get kind of lost in all this is Jermichael Green. Absolutely. Sabrina just wrote great. something on Clips Nation. And I, I need was to read about that. to write something about him tomorrow. But yeah, go on. <laughs> Jermichael Green was just fantastic when we were down 31. Hit shot after shot after shot, it felt like. Yep. And just kept the team alive along with Bev with his energy. Uh, Green just hit a couple of threes, a couple of dunks, and just enough to get us thinking that maybe we could make a run back. He fouled out so quickly. But he really put his imprint on this game. And he's really just put his imprint on the Clippers. Just a really great role player who I kind of really hope that we bring back. He's been a great um, addition to this game. And a great compliment to Trez and Lou off the bench. So really huge shout out to Michael Green. I haven't read Sabrina's article yet. Sure, it's fantastic. She's a great writer. I encourage everybody to read that article. Just everybody contributed, you know, everyone. Even Wilson Chandler had that shot at the end of the third quarter. Even Wilson Chandler. Jerome Robinson was cheering off the bench. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) People you don't even expect were contributing. Jerome Williams, uh, Jerome Robinson contributing by not playing. Just great stuff. 13 seconds for Santaris Thornwell. But the funniest thing was when the third quarter was ending. (laughs) They brought back in Durant. Thompson and Curry. <laughs> I saw Sidarius Darnwell checking into the game too. I was like, no problem. No worries, Clipper. Sidarius is here. <laughs> and they got a steal and a, and a layup. So. That was Shea, though. Shea? That was Shea. His defense is so good. It's, it's incredible. His arms are, I've said this before, but like they might be, he has a wingspan of seven feet. That might be underestimating it. Like, I don't know if he's grown or just his arms have gotten longer. <laughs> His wingspan is insane. He's like an actual pterodactyl. Some of oh these steals, he's, it looks like his arms are like 10 or 11 feet up in the air. I mean, they might be. But, I mean, yeah, that steal against Steph, he just seemed to come out of nowhere. I mean, mm-hmm. the Warriors spacing on that play was brutal. But he got in there. He read the play. He got a steal. He pushed it up well. And then he dished it right to Chandler instead of trying to go up against Iguodala, who definitely would have blocked that shot. Um, yeah. Because it's icky. That's but, some great. That's some really great poise. I didn't think that they'd be able to get a shot out off in yeah, time. Yeah, I didn't either. That's I thought it would be too late. Um, yeah. But yeah, he had some great plays, and even outside of that, the pass to the Shaman three, there was that one where Clay almost got the steal with like two minutes left, but Shea was able to control it, and then he took. They gave him the left, his left hand, yeah, and the other way, and he took it and was able to feed it to Trez for a layup, yep. a dunk. Um, yeah. Just really, really good play from him. Even though he only shot two of five, had all four of his points in that first quarter, he was really good. Uh, had a team worst minus, minus 11, but that's just because he sat while the Beverly, Shamit, Lou trio was in, which is mm-hmm. the unit that saved the game. But I thought he played really well. 
really, I mean, Garrett Temple hit a couple shots in that third quarter as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played well in limited minutes. Like you said, even Wilson Chandler had that layup. Didn't really do much else, but he contributed. Really the only guy who Zubat. was Zubats. who just mm-hmm. looks very out of his depth. I don't know if his hand is acting up. I don't know if it's just the Warriors are just too quick and too speedy for him. But I don't know if – I would need to read Sabrina's article again. But I, I know she suggested that Green get more minutes. But I think depending on who Kerr goes with in game three and how the Clippers are feeling, I wonder if they might just start Green um, mm-hmm. over Zubox. If they play Looney, um, I might honestly just go with Green. I just – I know they want to give Zubats more of a chance, and I think they probably don't want to throw off their rotations this much after, you know, settling into them. But he's been very bad. Yeah. Games. He's the only Clipper, even worse than Wilson Chandler, who, again, has at least contributed here and there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he had one dunk, I think, or a layup and a couple of boards, but, like, nine minutes, I just did not notice him. Um yeah. But anyway, enough of enough of the little bad. Uh, this was, yeah, an insane performance by them. I thought Montrez Harrell, who we both, I think, worried about coming into this series mm-hmm. um, as not being a great matchup for him, has been insane. Um, wow. Probably not quite as good as Lou, but pretty close. I mean, he went 9 of 9 from the field. He did not miss. <laughs> wow. Closing his free throws. The rebounding got a little bit iffy there at the start of the fourth. But ultimately, he got a couple really big ones. Mm-hmm. And I thought his court awareness was really good. He had a couple nice passes. Uh, when he was swarmed in the post, he did not try to go up with it and get and get stonewalled. I thought he just played exceptionally well. And the Clippers have been relying on him and, and Lou all year. And they just rode that pick and roll all the way to victory yesterday. Um, I'm not sure I've seen anything quite like it. I think they literally abandoned every other kind of offense. That's their play. That's the best play on the Clipper handbook. Trez and Lou um, did something that no other bench tandem has ever done in NBA history in game one, and they did it again in game two. 25-plus for both of them, 36 for Lou, 25 for Trez. The Warriors, on the other hand, so it is is worth mentioning, you know, Looney possibly starting in the next games because, uh, yeah, Looney Looney is their best center, in my opinion, and I don't think it's close. I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, of course, unfortunately blew out his quad. Uh, really sucks for him. We've, we've kind of bagged on him a lot, kind of deservedly so. He's been pretty bad this series. But feels bad to see a guy who blew out his Achilles on a non-contact Absolutely. do the same thing to his quad. Uh, hopefully, DMC can kind of make a speedy recovery. He's probably not going to be back for the playoffs. He shouldn't be. Yeah. I, I know I, they hinted at him. They should not bring him back. No, he's for his own good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we both mentioned disliking him. I think that's purely as a basketball player. Right. Um, I know he's done like a lot of charity and off the court work and everything. Don't know, obviously, don't know him personally at all. It's not like I dislike him as a person, just I don't like watching him play basketball. Yeah, the, like, whenever I say I hate anybody, it's never yeah. as a person except for Derek Rose. So Or Avery Bradley. <laughs> yeah, or Avery Bradley, who's terrible. Maybe a little bit of Kobe Bryant, but especially Derek Rose. Yeah, especially what, Derek Rose. What, what oh, a bad God. person. Um yeah. but yeah, um yeah, I mean I, I really hope cousins. It's just so unfortunate for him. Um Yeah. It really, really sucks. I hope he's able to bounce back and 
I, I don't think they should bring him back this season. Like, I think he needs a full summer to work out and get back into shape and, and just be ready for next year. Um, but the Warriors, I thought, just, I mean, obviously all credit goes to the Clippers for this game. But I don't think the Warriors will ever be as lax again in this series as no. they were in that third quarter. They can't be. They literally just stopped playing basketball for like five to six minutes. <laughs> Man. I, they had some horrible turnovers. They Some of them were just not trying on defense. The only guy I thought who stayed engaged really the entire game was Draymond, maybe Iggy too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, KD was awful and – I mean, a lot of that credit goes to Pat Beverly, who, like, I, I don't even know how he's doing it. I really, he's giving up at least 10 inches, maybe more, and just refusing to give an inch. I really don't know how much of the mental mind game stuff is working. I think it's working a little I, bit. I think it's working a little bit. But the I think Durant, it's kind of fragile. I mean, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think it's just he's playing him physical and he's playing him tough. And that part is frustrating, Durant. I don't know if, like, the talking and chirping is really frustrating him. He seemed to be fine with it in game one, though. He's always been a bit of a front rider, so. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I mean, what do you think about the Pat beverly Katie thing? I mean, this is one of those things where I love what Pat has done. And it's worked great in two games. I just do not know how sustainable that is. I think what the other Clippers stuff is doing is sustainable. I just don't know about that. I think – the Clippers are in for one ridiculous KD game. Yeah. And it would not surprise me if it was game three. I think he's going to drop 40 in game three. I'd be kind of stunned if he didn't have at least 30, especially only shooting eight shots. Oh, Beverly's yeah. he's been going to take like at least 20 the next yeah. game. Beverly's been fantastic. He's been amazing. But Durant, and Durant has always had, we remember, because Chris Paul guarded him in that OKC series, he's always had some some issues with just, gritty defenders who physical him up and try to muck up the game a bit. And because he's kind of a finesse player, he's always been kind of a finesse player. So I think Beverly is definitely playing him right. You know, I I'm glad Beverly is guarding Durant and not, not Curry for the most part, because I think Curry would kind of thrive off somebody trying to get physical under him. Whereas Durant, not so much, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think we're playing them really well, (laughs) incredibly by putting Pat Beverly on Kevin Durant. Man, we used to have Lucumba Mute, and we're guarding Kevin Durant with Pat Beverly. What a player Pat Beverly is. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah, Durant's going to go. sign him. Like, Absolutely. I don't, I don't even know. I don't think they should even have a price limit. Like, I don't think it's, it's going to be – I can't imagine them letting him go at this point. They cannot. Like, there's just no way. I think, I think depending on what happens with the rest of their summer, they're going to talk to him. And be like, Pat, you know, we need you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, write him like a love letter or something. Um, and just try to come to some sort of good ballpark for a contract. And, you know, make things work that way. Um, but, I mean, they, they have to keep him. Yeah. They just, they have to. This team's entire identity is him you know, a helping of Lou and Trez, but like if you replaced the exact same player as Pat Beverly basketball skills wise and removed all the extraneous stuff and the Clippers would have won like a bunch less games this year, they certainly wouldn't have won the game yesterday. No. And just, you know, I'm, I've never been a huge intangibles guy 
but with Pat Beverly, the intangibles are impossible to deny. Mm-hmm. Unstoppable, you might say. Hilariously, the, the the Clippers used that on the wrong guy. Avery <laughs> Bradley is the definition of stabbable. <laughs> <He's laughs> oh, and like that's always like even at the start of the year when Beverly was struggling, the difference was always that Beverly brought so many other things to the table besides just defense and three point shooting. And that even goes outside of like the ball handling and playmaking, that kind of stuff. Like the leadership the intensity, the energy, and Bradley brought none of those things that we were aware of. Like, I think he was well-regarded in the locker room, but certainly not Pat Beverly. And yeah, I mean, he's as integral to this team as anybody. They have to resign him. I mean, I think Clippers fans would chip in to bring him back if that's what it took. Absolutely. What do you think the Warriors are going to do differently on the Clippers? I mean, you, you would imagine Draymond Green would try and do something with Trez, the way Trez is just destroying the bigs consistently. But is Green the answer? What are they going to do against us? That's the question. I think, you know, after game one, well, before game two yesterday, Steve Kerr said in the press conference, like, he's not making that many adjustments because they're the favorites. They won game one pretty handily. That didn't seem like he really needed to make any. The Cousins injury throws things off somewhat. And I think, obviously, the Clippers doing what they did changes things. I think the biggest change will be how they guard Lou Williams. I'm not sure how they're going to change it. They could try doubling him like literally every possession. I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah. Or just sending really hard traps or, you know, whatever on him and forcing the ball out of his hands. I'd imagine that's what they do. Yeah. Plus even Iggy and clay who are both really good defenders have not been able to do much with him one-on-one or in the pick and roll. I think their big adjustment is probably going to be in regards to him. And just hoping that taking him out of it kind of takes Trez out as well. They're probably pretty satisfied with how they've played Gallo. I thought that until the Clippers shifted focus away from him, he really struggled the first game and a half. Like, Mm -hmm. as soon as they stopped trying to run things through him and forcing stuff through him, he became much better when they just let Lou and Trez do everything. And he got a lot more looks off ball and just playing much more within the flow of the offense. I hope the Clippers... You know, in that first unit, it's tough because he's the main scoring threat. And there you can try to force things to him a little bit. But I think the Warriors are probably fine with how they've played him. I'm guessing their big adjustment will be in how they play Lou because, I mean, he's absolutely destroyed them in the first two games. I mean, I've always said if I was the opposition, I would trap Lou early. And, and I feel like that would be the best way to play the Clippers. And teams have trapped him early, and he's – been semi-effective and maybe getting the ball getting making the right plays or, or splitting some traps but I think in general I remember particularly in that Laker game that that um there was a Laker game earlier in the season I'm trying to think what if it was because he didn't play the game that we lost against them he of course we lost that second game but maybe there was a game maybe the first or second game where Lou was trapped kind of aggressively and I thought oh this is this is working really well right now mm-hmm. and all I could think of is, man, if teams really wanted to defend us, just trap Lou early. It would throw the Clippers off sync. It would make, you know, give the ball to Shea even. Even as good as Shea is, he's not, he can't run a pick and roll like Lou can. It would, it would ice yeah. Trez a bit. So you would imagine that that's what, what they do. I, I kind of anticipate it will happen. As far as Draymond or like, as far as Trez, really, if you, if you try and ice Lou or if you try and double him early so the ball's out of his hands, it'll take Trez out too. So, uh, 
I feel like I can see what they might do, whether it's done effectively, how Lou can bust it. And it's always, it's always tough when you're a smaller player and teams get super physical with you, what you can do. Yeah, so, I think they also might put KD on Lou. Oh, which is also size and length on him. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, Lou should be able to get by him a little yeah. bit, but that could, that could definitely throw him off a little. Uh, I think that's probably going to be their main adjustment. I think yeah. Draymond has played really well through the, the Warriors' first two games. I mean, I think yep. – Outside of Steph, who was just incandescent in game one and really good in the first half of game two, he's been their second best player. I mean, if you take into how bad Steph was in the second half of game two, he might be their best overall player in this series. I don't know if they're going to do anything differently with him. He's just so good as a help defender that I think they're probably going to leave him on Shea and just have him roam. But I think game three might be the game where if they trap Lou and if they really help a lot off Shea, it's either going to be the, it's going to be the Shea game where he steps up and hits shots and makes plays, or he doesn't. And I mean, the Clippers do have an alternative, which is going to the Beverly Lou Shamit lineup for more shooting. Mm-hmm. But they need Shea's length and on defense and his and his passing and playmaking. So it'll be really interesting to see how he responds. But I mean, he's been so good through the first two games that I'm, I'm honestly not even that worried about him. Um, he looks completely unbothered, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 20-year-old rookie point guard, but I'm not sure. I mean, I think they're probably going to try to involve KD more on the offensive end. Um, I think, I really think losing Cousins will help them in this series. I mean, he only played four minutes in game one, so he didn't have, I mean, in game two, so he didn't really have that much in effect, but all he really does is he siphons offensive possessions away from their better players, and he's just not good defensively. So I think in that sense, Game three could be tough. I think we're going to see a lot more of the death lineup with Draymond at center because they know that the Clippers are a legitimate threat now. I think they're going to do less, you know, dilly-dallying around with, you know, Jordan Bell and Quinn Cook. Even though Quinn Cook kind of torched the Clippers offensively, he's really bad defensively. Yeah, really bad. Um, You know, he might not see any minutes. It wouldn't surprise me if they cut him out, maybe added more McKinney, who's a better defender, um, and just played him, Iggy, you know, one of either Bogut or Looney and Livingston off the bench and just cut out Cook, that would not surprise me either going to a nine-man um, because I think they they obviously have to take the Clippers more seriously now. And, yeah, I think the rotation could change. For the Clippers, I think, like I said, I think Green needs to get more minutes. He only played 15, and some of that is due to foul trouble. But I think he needs to play more. I just – those 10 Wilson Chandler minutes should not like, mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. They just need to be cut out. Like they won't be, they won't be, but they need to be like, those should be going to green or temple or anybody else except Dur- Daryl Robinson. <laughs> not like, that's so frustrating. I mean, he hasn't been awful in this series, but he just offers <laughs> so little of value. Um, right, right, right. And he hasn't been hitting his threes. I mean, if he hits his threes, it'll look good. But I think Temple's played pretty well. Yep. And Temple getting 10 minutes and Chandler getting 10 minutes does not sit right with me. Um, I think that's the adjustment Doc needs to make. I think otherwise, I think he's been great with his rotations. He's been very short with Zubats, which is good. He's played Gallo 35, 36 minutes, whatever, which is good because Gallo's their best player. He's ridden 
Trez and Lou hard. He's given the minutes to Shaman and Shea. I just think ideally he would cut Wilson out, but he won't, at least not in game three. So we'll see. Um, I wonder what they're going to do with that second unit. And you know how they normally do clay into Marcus to start the second quarters and make them the focal points. I wonder if they're going to try and shift lineups a little bit so that either Durant is back earlier, maybe Durant. I'm guessing Durant. Yeah. Yeah. So I, which is going to be bad for us because that second unit kind of halts a bit with uh, Cousins and Thompson being the focal points. And Durant, Durant is still – he's not exhausted like he was at OKC. He can handle a few extra minutes. So especially if he shoots freaking eight shots, it's ridiculous. Draymond Green shot more shots than Kevin Durant. Yeah. So I wonder how their lineups are going to change. As much – you know, I wish DeMarcus Cousins a speedy recovery – but man, I, I wish he was still in this series because he's been so bad. I was yeah. kind of s- sad when I saw that he was hurt. He wasn't coming back because he's been one of the Clippers' best players. So um, I, I wonder how this is going to change things. Bogut, as nice as he is, he's a nice player. He he doesn't, you know, he does. He is still kind of slow laterally. And he can make mistakes, and he's a non-threat offensively, and he's a complete non-threat. So I, I was kind of talking up Andrew Bogut the last game, and he's good. You know, he's a good defensive anchor still, but he has his huge deficiencies. He's not necessarily somebody you would want to get 20, 25 minutes a game. I don't think he's so. going to get that many though. I think he's probably going to be around fifteen. I'm guessing. Looney gets probably like 20 or 25 and Draymond gets the rest of them at center. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think if any of these games are close from now on, Kerr is just going to go to the death lineup much sooner mm-hmm. and just put, you know, green at center have, you know, obviously that for people who don't remember, no, whatever. Hampton five. It's, it's Curry. Yeah. Ham, death lineup, Hampton five. It's Curry, Clay, Katie, Iggy, and Draymond. I think that lineup got like four minutes yesterday and it would have gotten more if Katie hadn't fouled out but I'm guessing if any of these games are close uh that lineup's gonna get like 12 or 15 minutes probably. what did you speaking of fouling out and that was a good call because he did stick his butt out but the officiating yesterday what did you think about the officiating yesterday I mean I think the Warriors fans I tweeted this from the Clips Nation account they were chanting refs you suck and like kidding me when the Warriors had taken 16 free throws in the first and I actually don't think the refing was necessarily bad. I think the Clippers got a few rough calls in the first. I think they were just calling a pretty physical game, and they called it in the second half too, and it got the Clippers in the bonus, but it also got the Warriors in the bonus, and yep. I think the Clippers just took advantage of it more in the second half. So I was actually okay with it. I think I hate when it's called that way, because it's there's so many fouls and it breaks up the rhythm of the game. But getting Curry his fourth foul might have been the big turning point in the oh, game. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I kind of don't want that to happen again because I hate watching that kind of stat basketball with all the fouls. But it's probably the Clippers' best chance to win is to make the game super mucked up and have no rhythm because that upsets the Warriors more than it does the Clippers, I think. Yeah. Um, what else can we say about this game? There's so many other things. I mean, yeah. There's. I mean, it could be hours. <laughs> this was just a great, a great, great game, and I'm gonna watch the replays a lot. The Ralph call was great. Ralph was really on top of his game. This one, even even if I was kind of numb to everything near the end of this game, that was a great last call. He had on that shot at three. He was 
he talked about guaranteeing a game five um, when the Clippers were down like 12 or so in the fourth quarter. Um, he was he was awesome. Hollins was okay. <laughs> um, the TNT people were bad. I listened to this. I listened to the comeback today. I watched the comeback on the TNT side because I want to watch the game again. So I see. I uh, checked out what they were saying. Chris Webber and Marv Albert, not the best tandem. No. Um, and the the call on the Shama three was really bad. It was like it was really horrible. Bad. I listened. Really I mean, Albert is like senile. So yeah. Yeah. He should not be broadcasting anymore, but um, yeah, I mean, Harlan, I was Harlan, Harlan would have been great as 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 dumb as he can be. <laughs> he would have been a really good. Yeah, he has great calls. He uh, has great calls. He, and honestly, Reggie Miller isn't bad. If they get the Reggie Harlan duo for Game Three, I mean, I'm going to be watching Ralph anyway. Yeah, uh, but if they get that for Game Three, that would be much better. The, the Albert Weber duo is horrible, um, and. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think just keeping enjoying Ralph and they'll get another game with him now for game five, I think. Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot more to say about this game, but I don't know how much more I have to, you know, say that's... Broadcast. <laughs> yeah, that's more than just like, I can't believe it. Um, well, so what was, what, was, what was your favorite moment being there live? Huh. I mean, probably. I mean, it's it's cliche. I mean, probably the shame at three that that whole play mm. was great. If it wasn't that one, I will say the play where Beverly stripped Curry at half oh, court yeah. and gave awesome. Allo for the dunk was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think Shamit mentioned today on the jump that I think he and I think the rest of the team thought that was the play where they could really win this. Hmm. Um, and I kind of agree that was, it was a great play. Yeah. Cause they were kind of in a stasis where they were just like stuck down, stuck down double figures, kind of exchanging hoops a bit, but that kind of turned things. Yeah. I that mean, it was a big play outside of that. I could name one of like five different Lou Williams shots. <laughs> that Ooh, was great. That corner three where he caught it and just kind of fate. Just I don't know how we made that. That's an incredible shot. Wow. His yeah. I mean, I don't think the words played him very well, but he was still making super tough shots going to his right, going to his left. Clay had his arms in his face. You had that little floater. Um, an insane game for Lou Williams. And if he keeps playing like this, this series, I don't know if the Clippers have a legit chance to win um, because yeah. I'm still not ready to go that far. Yeah. But if he plays this well, they can be competitive the rest of the series because – can you imagine if this series went seven games? I still can't see it. I can legitimately see six now. I can see six. And even that, I think, is a bit of a stretch. Yes. But, but I, think, yeah. I think legitimately at least one or two more of these games will be competitive, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, though, I mean, I could still perfectly see the Warriors bombarding them the last three games. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think anything would surprise me at this point. I could see KD scoring you know, 35 plus points the last three games, just hitting impossible shot after impossible shot and Clay finally getting going because he's been quiet. You know, I think the Clippers can play very well still and still not have a chance. But, you know, I think I would not bet against them winning another game now. Like, you know, I think they can win one more game at home. If it does come to a game six, 
at Staples. They'll be at home, but that is tough. That is tough. You know, anytime when the Warriors can see the light, you know, and I think a lot of this could also depend on how the Rockets jazz series goes, to be honest, if the Rockets are steamrolling the jazz, which after game one, it looks like they might do though. You know, obviously we should know not to take too much away from game ones. Uh, I think the Warriors will be in a hurry to win this. Um, Hmm. You know, they do not want the Rockets just resting up and waiting for them uh, because a Lou Williams Montrose Harrell pick and roll is incredible, but the James Harden Clint Capella pick and roll is that, you know, except better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know, like, even if the Warriors win this, I just, if the Rockets make it through in four or five and look really good against the Jazz, I think the Rockets could legitimately win again this year. Um, they could. They could. The, the, Warriors, Warriors, the Warriors are vulnerable. They, they legitimately are. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess just finally, before we get to questions, because there are questions, um, I don't, and I don't think there are any about this. Are you changing your, your pick now to – are you still saying Warriors in five? Will you change it to Warriors yeah. in six? Yeah, Warriors in five. Warriors in five. I want to say six, though. I'm really and, tempted to say six. And I, and I could say six. Like, it's not like I'm overwhelmingly thinking five. I absolutely think it could go six. Um, but I think it's definitely more likely to go five than seven, you know. You know what? I'm going to say they win one game at home. I think Damn. Damn, Rob. I'm, we, it'll probably we believe. Me. We I, believe. I believe they can win one more game at home. I think – I think in one game they'll they'll be hitting their threes because so far they haven't had a real three point barrage. I mean, they hit a decent percentage. I think, yeah, you know, actually yesterday they were fourteen of thirty one, which is forty five percent. That's actually really good. That's pretty good. But uh, they only they only hit five, I think, in the comeback, which is crazy. Yeah, it was all paint stuff. Yeah, and wow. Lou. I think there could be one game where they hit a lot of threes, but I think the Warriors come out really hard in game three. So I'm going to say Warriors win game three, Clippers take game four, and then Warriors win five and six. But I'll, be, I'll say the that Clippers sound, that, that sounds reasonable. I think, man, if the Clippers could win game three, oh, man. I, anything can happen. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. I will sure. record if, if the Clippers win the series, I will do some sort of like home version of the anything is possible <laughs> complete with screaming and like ripping of shirt and everything. Uh, that's what I'll do. If the Clippers win this good, good. Start working out, buddy. <laughs> uh, but I mean, whatever I do, Pat Beverly will do like something a million times crazier. Beverly is so great. He's such a Clipper, man. He's just the Clipper. He's so great. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Can you, I can't, I don't, I think I'm still going to say five, maybe six. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's reasonable. I mean, mm-hmm. for the fans who are confident enough that they think the Clippers can win, like, I wish I was that optimistic. Yeah, I wish I had that kind of confidence in anything. <laughs> about them and life in general, I wish I was that optimistic. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I don't see it, but I think the door is open for a win, one more win. Um, with that, I think let's go to Twitter questions. Mm-hmm. We both could talk about this game for hours and hours, but we should not do so because it would make for a, a really bad podcast. Yep. <laughs> um, let me find my questions here. Sorry. Okay, here we go. So we have a bunch here. We'll try to get to all of them. So from John Stodder, 
Is it possible that the Clippers have figured out something new? Are they the Tampa Bay Rays of the NBA? Is there some algorithm that they've discovered that says the key <laughs> championships is your sixth, seventh player's ability to do pick and roll? <laughs> I legit do think they have an idea about stacking the bench. Um, I do wonder if other teams might start doing that because you're playing against other benches, um, which are obviously worse. And you can get a real advantage there. I mean, the Clippers have blitzed teams all season in late first, early second, and early fourth quarters. And I think other teams might copy that, but I don't think they have some, like, money ball key to success or something. I mean, yeah, I, I think it really got unlocked when when Bev, when uh, Bradley and Gortat got off this team because you went from having a starting lineup that would routinely get washed by like other teams having a starting lineup that was pretty good and pretty competent and could hold their own keep things maybe even and then the second unit with Trez and and Lou would just kind of blow things open a bit or at least take a lead so it's just a very unique set of players right now for this team they're very deep you know this is this team's nine deep like legitimately nine deep and that's really hard to find in the NBA so yeah I mean Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green are good yep they're just good NBA players and I will always stand for Ty Wallace. I think. I know you will. <laughs> yeah, I will. I, my real estate remains always, always and forever. Price is going down, buddy. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm buying all the stock. Uh, uh, okay, next question from at Giants on the Moon. Assuming Golden State adjusts to take away the Lutres pick and roll, what is our adjustment? Feels like some other guys are going to need to step up big in the next game. Right. Cliche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we talked about this. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to do whatever it takes to prevent Lou in particular and by association Tris from going off. And I think Shea and Beverly are going to be the guys who need to step up offensively. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. They're going to do whatever it takes to prevent Lou from scoring 30 plus again. I mean, they left Shea completely wide open on that last play and it's not by accident. Like Steph kind of just pointed towards him like somebody cover him and he made a great play and they're going to put him in that position a lot, I think, this next game. Yeah, so. And he needs to make him pay. I think he can. Yep. You know, I mean, to some extent, it comes down to making shots and some guys, you know, sometimes you miss shots. But from what I've seen in this series, he just, he looks like he's there and he's ready. Um, mm-hmm. So my dad has two questions. Uh, what adjustments do Golden State make against Beverly's def- defensive Durant? Uh, who guards him if Beverly gets in foul trouble? And one more, why is Wilson Chandler? Um, Wilson Chandler is, is going to get minutes unless he gets completely played off the court. Um, I don't know if Golden State is really going to make that many adjustments to Beverly's defense. I think they're just going to get Durant the ball more. Yeah. I think they're going to make sure to feed him. I think they might, instead of posting him up as much, I think they might just give him the ball at the top of the key and ask yeah. him to work. Which is what you should do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why they've been posting him up so he's much. He's not a post player. He's not a post player, and it clogs their – I mean, he's just – when he can square up and just go, it's easier for him. So I think they might try to do that. And who guards him if Beverly gets in foul trouble? Well, probably Gallo. Gallo. Maybe or Chandler maybe, for spurts. Maybe Chandler, maybe Jay Green. McCullough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But – I mean, I think Beverly would need to get ejected or, like, lose one of his arms <laughs> to not guard Kevin Durant. Yeah. I do worry that Beverly will, will foul out again in this series. Yeah, I agree. Concerning. But, like, theoretically, if Shea, Shamit, and Lou are all playing decently and, like, Shea isn't losing confidence because they're playing so far off him, um, I think all three of those guys are 
you know, none of them brings what Pat Beverly brings, but those are three good guards who've all played well in this series. So, you know, the Clippers do have depth and honestly Garrett Temple too, if they really need defense, he's been good. Um, so next question from Matt Chong at M Chonger, Pat Beverly hounding Kevin Durant in the series is absolutely helping the Clippers chances of signing him Durant this summer, right? Besides all the other great things that are doing, of course. I think so. I mean, I certainly can't hurt. Like, if right. nothing else, KD probably never wants to play against Pat Beverly again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think he's going to the Knicks. Me too. I don't really. I, how I don't, much? I don't think how much? Really heard much about him going to the Clippers. How much do you want Kevin Durant? I mean, obviously, like, yeah, he's Kevin Durant. But do you really want Kevin Durant? I would only want him if they also got Kawhi. If he was a lone superstar with the rest of this team, I don't know. I mean, it's ridiculous to say. I mean, he's one of the 15 best players of all time. He's still, you know, at or near the top of his prime, you know. But I also just don't think he fits in with the ethos of this team. I mean, obviously the Clippers won't care. If he wants to come here, they'll take Kevin Durant. Yeah, they're going to be like, I don't think so, Kevin. (laughs) Um... You have to – I mean, yeah, of course they want to get Kevin Durant. He's Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> He's one yeah. of the best players in NBA history. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I think Clipper fans really pride themselves on the players. You know, most of us grew up in Los Angeles with the option of rooting for the Lakers, and we probably didn't like them, didn't like their superstars. And not that Durant is a Kobe or a Shaq. He's not. But just his general – uh, it's it's. I don't really. I I don't really want to root for that guy. It's kind of weird. I don't know. It's. I don't. I love Kawhi. Like I really want Kawhi on this team. Kevin Durant. Yeah, and he destroyed Kevin. the Magic today, by the way. I mean, Kawhi's amazing. So. Yeah. Uh, Kawhi is just a great fit in terms of what he, how he plays, his style, everything. I mean, Durant is better. I think. Um, Kawhi has been really good this season, obviously, but I mean, he's not been anywhere near Kevin Durant's level. He hasn't been quite as good as he was like two or three years ago, especially defensively, but he's still a monster. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think he is the Clippers top choice. I think he should be, and I hope they have a good chance at getting him. Um, you know, I think a lot depends on what the Raptors do, but, uh, anyway, um, next question from John Flores. Did you see the got? Did you guys see the video of the Clippers staff greeting and cheering the team as they headed back mm-hmm. to the locker room? Thoughts on the organizational unity of the Clips? This is special, right? I yeah. think it's pretty special. I mean, I'm sure a lot of organizations are pretty close, but I did see the video. I was actually, you know, like 50 feet away, <laughs> and I heard the video. I was actually in the press room, though. You were the video. <laughs> I, well, I, yeah, I took the video. No, um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I mean, this team is special, and the organization does seem pretty tight-knit. I mean, obviously, it's a great front office. You know, they all seem to be on the same exact page. I'm sure they're not. You know, I'm sure they've had their disagreements over the years. But, um, yeah, it was it was a great video to watch. Seeing Pat Beverly hype will just never fail to not get me hyped. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so I'm so glad the Clippers decided to do all these post game videos because they've been really awesome. Every fan really loves watching them. So um, all these post game the video and content team for the Clippers. shout out major shout out really yeah. great content. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for yeah, Charlie and Tommy and everybody else who I'm forgetting uh, <laughs> on the Clippers yeah. content and and video teams production everything great. 
a great job all year. And then finally, Andres from Andrew from five to seven. If we don't resign Zubats, what free agent center would you like to see us target to be a starter next year? So I don't have a list of free agents in front of me. I like never, I never know these kinds of things until it comes time. The one guy who I can't shake is Dwayne Dedman. Um, hmm. I don't think he'd be that expensive. He hits threes, which is really nice. And he's mm-hmm. a solid defender. I don't think he's like 30-ish. He's not a big profile name. I think he'd fit in really well with this group. Um, as far as I know, he's good character. Never heard anything bad about him. And I think, I mean, I don't see any reason why Atlanta would particularly need to attain, you know, retain the services of a 30-year-old veteran. Though I do think they could be pretty good next season, uh, depending yeah. on how they do in the draft. But yeah. off the top of my head, really – him, but I think they're going to try to bring Zubats back, to be honest. And, and hopefully he'll be cheaper because he's sucking. <laughs> so I mean, I, I think the Clippers realize that you know he's injured his hand. Yeah, but I do think that his price might legitimately fall because of this. They can, I mean, they can talk to his agent and be like, you know, he's literally contributed nothing to this playoff series. <laughs> really, it's true. And uh, I, think, I, mean, I, I think he's played well enough. I. The Clippers, I think, do value him fairly substantially. At the very least, I still think Zubat is a nice placeholder to to Trez for as a starter. So, and I think he does have potential for maybe being a starter going forward. He obviously has some ways to go, but I, I'm not I'm not faulting him too much. He's acting like a rookie in this series, and it's showing. You know, he's playing much younger than the actual rookies on this team. So, yeah. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, that's all the questions. I think that's it. I'm like losing my voice. I was, yeah. You know, last night was insane. Oh, I also man. need to catch up on my sleep. I didn't get back home till like past one. Um, yeah, it was a truly unforgettable night. I'm sure it was for everybody watching at home, but being there uh, was incredible. Thanks. You know, I do want to thank uh, Clippers PR, Warriors PR for credentialing me and everything. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Um, and yeah, just, an insane game that I will never forget. Awesome. Well, nobody will forget this as long as you're a Clipper fan. This is going to stick hard in all of our memories. And I think that'll do it for this episode of the Law of the Jam, the podcast. Pretty sure we'll come back after game three, um, either right after or most likely the day after. We'll talk a little bit about that game. This this series has become a bit more hype now Mm -hmm. with this incredible comeback. So as always, leave us a nice review on whatever you listen to us on. And as always, for this special, special game, go Clippers!